Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. This is Man at Arms, and you are listening to the Masters of Grayskull. We want to believe in an ordered universe. Some grand architecture holding it all together. But alas, after all these years, I finally know the real secret of Grayskull. There is only power. And now, I have the power. This is a new era. As the new sorceress, the bumbling idiocies of the past will no longer be tolerated. The only way we can stop this sorceress is with another sorceress. If we want to live, we're going to have to fight. If I can tap into the power, I can stop her. Soon, all of Eternia will remember this historic moment when Skeletor finally kills he <laughs> What are we laughing at? See, the sword is just the conduit. But the spark? That was always me. No. By the power of Grayskull! The power is mine alone. Why did it answer his call? Citizens of Eternia, we're in dire need of your help. There is nothing to live for, merely chaos. And to chaos. Will we all return? Thank you for being my daughter. Now you need to be something greater. Look at the sky. All hope is gone. Everything will end. Find safe positions. There are no safe positions. Oh, there's one. Behind me. You guys are in trouble now. Hello, this is Optimus Solo, and welcome to the 128th chapter in our Powers of Grayskull series. With me for this journey into the Masters of the Universe franchise is TFG1 Mike. Hello. Hello. And once again, another time, getting a special guest from the world of Cybertron, Steve Megatron Phillips. Hello. Hello. Excellent. So we're all here, and this time, as you can tell by the title of this episode, we're talking spoilers about Kevin Smith's Masters of the Universe Revelation Part 2. So you already got our non-spoiler talk, but now we get to get into the more juicy stuff. We get to chew on some spoilerific stuff. Mike, are you ready for all this? I think so. Steve, are you ready? Oh, yes. Excellent. All right, that means it's time to go back 
to Eternia. Spoilers. All right, starting off today, guys, we get to talk about spoilers of Revelation Part 2. Um, first off, let's just get into the characters that we meet along the course of this Part 2, because I know when we were talking about Part 1, we talked about, well, will we see new characters in Part 2? Will it just be the same? Who will we get to see if we get to see new characters? We do get to see a bunch of new characters. It's time for this mist to meet my fist! I shouldn't say a bunch. We do get to see a handful of new characters. I am I really loved one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe two of them. And I was <laughs> really disappointed at a number of characters that we still don't get to have in this part. And, <laughs> and one of them just really makes my head hurt that they didn't think that they wanted to include this character in there yet, but let's get into it. So we get to meet, I don't think Fisto was in part one at all. Was he? No. Okay. And we get clamp champ, mm-hmm. um, who we didn't get to see. We get, uh, goat man and pig boy. Did I say that right? I guess. Yeah. Goat man and pig boy. Um, and my favorite one, there was a couple other ones that didn't get named. I would, I'd have to look at the credits to see if they got named in the credits, but there was an imp like looking character. Um, there was a couple other ones, but my favorite, favorite character that they decided to put in there just out of nowhere. And it probably doesn't make any sense, but I love that they, that they threw him in there. Mike, they put blade in here. <laughs> yeah, they did from the live action movie. Mm-hmm. Like that was incredible. Like, <laughs> I don't care. I didn't care about anything else at that point. Like that was one of my like geek out fanboy moments was when blade shows up and is wielding all of his swords and, and fighting and stuff like that. So that part I was very happy with. Um, and then we also get a very brief, I guess, um, addition of Ram man. Mm-hmm. And there might've been a few evil warriors that we didn't see in the first part, but they really don't get too much time or, attention here but we do get what web store spike or yeah um and I'm we actually one. we actually get spike or versus what happened in part one mm. where skeletor was disguised as spike or right and then there's a really cheap um addition of the avions and the andrenids and stuff like that without ever actually giving us buzz off or stratos yeah that was a little cheap like, I did not enjoy that. I'm like, there's a part in this where Tila is trying to get a message out to all of Eternia, mm-hmm. a.k.a. we're assuming not just the citizens of Eternia, but we're looking for the other masters that are scattered throughout the world. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, yes, they're going to do like a montage or they're going to do like a series of scenes where we're getting stratos we're getting buzz off we're getting you know mechanic we're getting Mm -hmm. manny faces we're getting all these people and we're bringing them in and then they don't do that (laughs) nope not at all instead we just get the joining of people over a hillside and we get to see that some of them are buzz offs people and some of them are stratos's people and some of them are just random ass people um and i thought that was a really missed opportunity they teased us like they were going to do it and then they didn't do it and i was kind of upset mike what did you feel about all the different characters that we get to see in part two i liked them i thought it was cool i thought it was interesting i was like oh People are actually paying attention to what characters are in this series. People aren't just spouting off at their 1982 or 1981 mouths on the internet. Um, hmm. I watched Masters of the Universe in 1981 when I was a kid. No, you didn't. Uh, 
you know, I, I liked all the characters. I liked all the designs. Again, animation, top-notch. There isn't much that other than, oh, my God, oh, my God, it's so awesome, it's so awesome. I did not see any animation moments where I was like, that just doesn't look right. Like, this is Powerhouse, people, and Powerhouse is a damn... Powerhouse is the studio of today, whereas Filmation was the studio, at least for He-Man, in in the 80s and whatever. But And I know Filmation had its issues and whatever, but the difference is in most of the stuff is... All the animation in the eighties, at least most at least the He Man stuff, was all rotoscoped from real people. Like you don't see that done today, but this whatever anime style, whatever they're using, whatever style you want to call it, because it's not re- it is CGI, but it isn't CGI. I, I really dug that. Uh I loved how one particular character came back. And I'm waiting for his new action figure because we need to see a blue Orko now. Oh, we have the return of Orko, which I alluded to in the first part. I was like, there's no way he's dead. They've already hinted at it. He's coming back. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and he does come back in a cool way. Uh, Steve, any thoughts of the new characters that you've met along the way in part two? Uh, I liked getting to see the diversity of characters that kind of popped up. Uh, one, because I'm not super familiar with a lot of the right. uh, secondary, tertiary, and, you know, from there on uh, characters. So that, w- that was kind of interesting. Uh, Ram Man, that that was fun, uh, mm. watching th- the bomb drop, as it were, uh, <laughs> uh, with him showing up. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I liked some of the some of the transformations that happened, some of the new characters that kind of showed up. Uh Orko, of course, coming back was was uh, something that I was excited to see, uh, right. as well as uh, the fact that Tila saved Adam, only for Adam to harness the power of Grayskull without his sword. Yeah, so obviously that's going to be a big part. This is going to be the one thing that probably angers fans a little bit I think it's going to be a little polarizing. I don't think some will mind, but I think others are going to use this as a thing where they're going to be like, Oh, you know, Kevin Smith and you can't be he man without the sword. You can't summon the power without the sword, this, that, and the other. Um, I think that's going to be a sticking point with some people. Um, but I thought it was an interesting take, like to realize that he might not need the sword, that the sword maybe harnesses the power, but doesn't, isn't required to get the power. But Mike, we see a lot of people in this series, garnish the power of Grayskull, so to speak. Um, so we have Skeletor, we have He-Man, we have Eva Lynn. Um, you get the power. You get the power. Yeah, it was basically an Oprah moment. So what did you think about all of these different people being able to wield the power, even though some of them didn't have the sword at the time? I said last time when we did that on Spoiler that this is the single, my single least enjoyed performance from Mark Hamill, where I think he was actually bad as the character. I think that in this, you know, in this second part, his best parts were when he was so incredulous of how did why did it choose him? How could he call it down without blah, 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 blah? You know, I thought that was really cool. Tell me how he did that. As you what, my lord? He spoke the words empty handed. And he became the power incarnate. And yeah, it. 
Well, they did two I, things I so far with part one and part two. They've said, what happens if He-Man has already been He-Man summons the power again? Mm-hmm. And now they've done, what if He-Man summons the power without holding the sword? Yeah. So they are two decent questions to ask, like what's going to happen if they try this? So it's not like it's going against yeah. anything. It's just something that's never been tried before. We've never seen it before. Right. But again, it's also... What I like about it isn't just because, oh, hey, guess what? We get Savage He-Man, which was a toy at some point in time or not, whatever. And actually, was it? Th- yeah, it was part two that I, I saw in one of the crowd scenes. I'm like, hey, there's one Dar. <laughs> <laughs> but what I like about the scene with, you know, Skeletor cackling and then Adam starts laughing and <laughs> what are we laughing about <laughs> is... Uh, is Adam's explanation. Yeah. The sword is the conduit. Right. That's what he, makes it he, so I can control he, it. You know, yeah. He is the spark. He is the one that has the power because the power is given unto him from the sorceress. And Skeletor just doesn't understand that. Skeletor just doesn't. Skeletor is used to, you know, bippity boppity boop, you know, with his havoc staff and things like that and whatever. He doesn't understand the fact that someone who is so good and pure has this immeasurable power. It, it's it's kind of like he meant. Well, it's kind of like Adam is is Thor, you know, right. in, in in Age of Ultron. Well, the answer is you're all just not worthy. And he picks it up and he you know tosses the the Mjolnir around, whatever. You know, it's that kind of thing. And Skeletor isn't stupid. He just can't wrap his head around that fact. Right. And I thought that was cool. I thought that was interesting. I thought that was a way to not necessarily explain to us, but like, for example, not that I think you'll ever do this, but let's say you show your 12-year-old or 13-year-old daughter when she grows up this show, and maybe you're comparing it to the old show, whatever, you know, that's why those I think that's why those explanations are there. It's not for us. Yeah, I could see we, that. You know, we already kind of get it. Like as soon as Adams, you know, said that, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Right. So in part one, we were left off with uh, Adam being stabbed um, and not uh, knowing how that was going to work since they had already killed him off once. Are they killing him off again? Uh, Tila, uh, it is revealed finally, even though we've known about this for a long time, but it's never been depicted in cartoon form because they never got that far. But we finally get to learn that Tila is the sorceress's daughter. Um, and so she has some magic in her as well. I guess that gives them a easy plot device to fix Adam and heal him and make him so he's not going to die anymore. But that doesn't stop them from killing a whole bunch of other people. <laughs> so they kill off the sorceress. They kill off Fisto and Clamp Champ. Um, so there is a bunch more death here. They kill everybody in um, Preternia. Well, they can't decide what they're going to call it because they call it Preternia, but then Queen Marlena calls it Heaven. Um, so they can't even get their terminology straight. But um, I know it's supposed to be the same thing, but yeah. stick, with, stick with what it's called in the story or don't um, don't go back and forth. But, yeah, they kill everybody. So Mossman and, and everybody in Preternia, I guess, are dead. Mm-hmm. Um so we have some death here. Um, Mike, Steve, what do you guys think of the, of, you know, right off the bat, we have immediate death and they continue to do that throughout the part. Steve. Well, it, it doesn't surprise me to be honest. It's, it's all a part of that, you know, take the old burner away. Mentality. Shock factor, yeah. Yeah. And it's shock fact, 
you know, factor for one. I mean, that's how else are you going to raise the stakes unless you wipe out, you know, all the guardians or you wipe out all of these different people or you, you know, decide, oh, Evelyn hates everything. So she's going to burn the whole universe down and uh, basically calls out Skeletor for saying you have all of this unlimited power and you just want to kill He-Man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she does, well, I think her actions are reprehensible. She does have a point when she is explaining about how to kill Skeletor, because he was never, ever, like, I like that about her story, and we're not talking about what she becomes or any of that, because Netflix asked us not to. But I like that we got her story in this. We saw where she came from. We saw how she met Skeletor. We saw how once she met Skeletor, she was never really out from under his thumb, even after he supposedly died the first time. But he was never really gone, you know, and her solution to that is, well, if I can't kill you uh, just to kill you, then I guess I have to kill everything, you know, punch of kill everything kind of thing. Right. Um, I mean, I think we're allowed to talk about some of that, that stuff now in the spoilers, right? So. or not um either way um yeah so but yeah but all we're gonna talk about it in the first part we can talk about it now here yeah but, all uh, as i know is that that uh that image says please do not mention god yeah that was for the stuff that's released before before yeah that's that's, that's it's the, okay for part one so okay. part two we can talk about it so basically what we have here is that skeletor and evelyn have now taken the role of he-man and the sorceress so uh skeletor is he-man because he has a sword and evelyn becomes the sorceress because the sorceress is killed and then we get the cool little i guess um genie in aladdin twist where it's like remember when you made evelyn the sorceress well now she controls you. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like the lamp and the genie and all that mm-hmm. type of stuff. So yep. um, it was kind of an interesting twist there. And then we get we get a bunch of different looks for Evelyn, both in part one and in part two. So we go from, you know, the long hair without everything. And then we get the, the sorceress look where she goes, you know, cuts all the hair off again. And then we get like this, this Evelyn on steroids. She's the other person that gets to, you know, wield the power of Grayskull, et cetera. So it's an interesting thing. But what I was talking about in part one, if you go back and listen to the non-spoiler talk, is this whole back and forth, back and forth, back and forth between Evelyn and multiple characters on why she is subservient to Skeletor. And it just goes over and over. She has conversations with Beastman about it. She has conversations with Man at Arms about it. Um, you know, she has scenes with Skeletor where they're teasing it and stuff like that. So I, I felt like that could have been done a little bit quicker. Um, they also played up the romance between Evelyn and Skeletor more than it's ever done, ever been done before. Uh, they smithified it is what they did to it. Evelyn calls Skeletor my love. At one point, there's a kiss, mm-hmm. um, which I don't need in my He-Man. <laughs> I'm not against romance. and I'm not against physical you know, acts and stuff like that, seeing it and different stuff, but I don't want it in He-Man, I guess. Um, not with a human and a skull. It's like, yeah, it was weird. They like tried to like do a side angle so that it didn't look weird, and it still looked weird. But still- anyways, so you have this love angle, but then you have this whole, like, he's abusive... <laughs> you're in an abusive relationship and you need to break free type thing. And it takes like a thousand conversations about it before she finally is like, yeah, I'm the boss now you're nothing. Um, which leads us to the typical, 
bad guys and good guys joining sides. So, Mike, Steve, what did you think about He-Man and Skeletor on the same side battling steroid evil in? <laughs> Mike? I... I just can't... I, I don't know. It, it's not... It's not a bad thing, and I am kind of glad that she ended up being the big bad. I think it's just a thing of, like you said, they're trying to work in real-life issues. And don't get me wrong, that's fine in certain cartoons, and that's fine if you are a writer or a producer or whatever for cartoons and you want to put something in here about abusive relationships – but she got to destroy the whole universe to get rid of her boyfriend. Really? <laughs> really? It, I, I mean, mean that, that that's worse than going on Jerry Springer. Right. I, I thought it was hilarious. The Skeletor just leaves as soon as she like summons the power. He's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, she did get a cool cape out of it. I just don't know if having a third person summoning the power in this one part was almost seemed like too much. Like you're doing it too much now. Like if it would have been spread out a little bit more or something like that, but like one person after the other is summoning the power, which is a little weird. And when I was talking about the exposition in part one, get into it a little bit more now, because you have on one scene that they're cutting to all the evil Lynn stuff where she's like, do I turn on Skeletor? Do I take control? Do I, you know, harness the power, et cetera, et cetera. And every time you're cutting away, then you're going to Tila do I become the sorceress? Do I go into this water? Do I forgo everybody I know? And mm-hmm. and when you're going back and forth between hemming and hawing on these decisions, which I get it, they're real decisions, and it's not going to be something easily decided upon in that moment. But when you're juxtaposing both against each other, it just led me to be like, okay, we're doing a lot of thinking, and I want to see more of my the fighty fight stories and stuff like that now i'm usually not that type of person i'm usually one that likes more dialogue and likes more characterization but here i'm like okay it's almost too much at this point um and we didn't talk about it too much he-man turns into savage he-man i know you mentioned it we have the army of the dead i guess um they had to work in a zombie storyline i guess into this where it's kevin smith how the bad guys yeah we have some kevin smith lines going on here with fisto they literally said fist him at one point. Um, yes, they did. And then, oh, this mist is going to meet my fist. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I just started laughing. I was like, that is right. the stupidest line. Yeah, there was a terrible line in there at one point. I just want to point it out because I don't know if the voice actor misspoke or if it's miswritten. But they say the line, and I know this is being super nitpicky, but they say the line, whatever is left of our friends is long gone. That sentence makes no sense. If they're left, they're not long gone. If they're long gone, they're not left. I think they were supposed to say whatever was left of our friends is long gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but they completely butchered that line or, or it was written bad. Um, and then we also learned that He-Man, Savage He-Man, is more powerful than Skelegod some of the time. Yeah. And at one scene, it's like that. And then the other scene, they're going tit for tat, like even, even Steven. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of interesting. I don't know if you guys know this, but Kevin Smith worked his way into the voice acting in this because he does the voice of pig boy or goat man. One of those henchmen is Kevin Smith voicing it. Um, I'd have to look to see which one. Honestly, I don't care. (laughs) Those characters were cannon fodder in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's see. What was some of the other stuff here? I, I Mike, going back to the characters, I'm just really still upset that Zodak doesn't find a way in here. 
like you're talking about all this magic and all this power and like the most powerful beings ever and they still don't find a way to work zodak in here like that bothered me but okay so the only thing i can speculate with and i'm gonna not necessarily jump to the end but i'm gonna jump to the end really quick here the only thing i can speculate and i don't know i ladies and gentlemen if you're hearing the sound of my voice do not take this seriously i am not putting out a clickbait title for an article here okay the only thing i can think of is if because they are basing this on the toys and what mattel properties has and blah 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 maybe they're gonna do a zodak hordak thing because they kind of did that in the comics a few times Hmm. i don't know and honestly, I don't think you could fit him in here. I don't th- – with the way that the writers and the way that Kevin Smith maestroed these writers, I assume, because I know it's not him writing most of these things. It's other writers that they have on the sh- – he's the executive producer. Right. Maybe it's the direction he pushed them in or the direction he, he you know, made them go in. But there is so m- – like I'm actually – you know, to to go right to point dread, I am dreading later on next year going back and trying to watch all 10 of these episodes at once because this is a lot. Part one was a lot. Part two is a lot. And part two is even more than part one, even though it's not a balance of exposition and action uh-huh. of character stuff and action stuff. It's still so much. Yeah, we yeah we get we get uh, I think an imp sighting. We get the Mystic Mountains. We get Manticores. Yep. We get Point Dread. We get Shadow Beasts. Um, mm-hmm. Scareglow comes back. Um, we find we finally got a Panther Panther sighting um, towards yeah, the that, end. That was cool. That was kind of shattering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then of course, obviously, we have the Orco. Like we talked about his, you know, coming back because they raised the dead. So that involved Orco as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all that stuff was good. A um, couple other kind of lines that I didn't like. There was one where they say mine's bigger. Um, yeah, that could have. That's a that. that's a Kevin Smith thing. There was Wasn't a that Skeletor that said that. Yes. Yeah. He goes, <laughs> mine's bigger. <laughs> Which is I, funny when you say it. I didn't like it when I heard. It I didn't like it then, and I don't like it now. I mean, I love <laughs> Steve doing the voice, but. then there's a whole moment where the the because we raised the dead the dead are all going to go back to being dead which means that orko is going to be leaving too but they kind of grab a hold of him so he can stay i guess that's how that works Um, i I guess that's how that works and i can kind of suspend my disbelief for that because i get you know think of it as um uh, i I don't think i'm doing this right and you'll correct me because i know you will but they basically quantum leaped him. They took him out of the Al role and brought him into the Sam role, essentially, where he's yeah. no longer, I guess. I, I don't know. I'm just, you know, grasping at Orcos here. <laughs> um, they also used the line, come kiss the ring. Oh. That was, I rolled my eyes at that one. Um, but we can't go through this whole thing without talking about the final sequence where they go back to snake mountain we uh-huh. go back for the first time and see um what is it trap jaw and uh yep. and uh triclops yep. and then this thing starts coming to life in a way i guess and motherboard yeah the motherboard and then we get to see the hordak symbol as kind of the cliffhanger for uh, eventually a season two i'm assuming yes mike as, thoughts? It, as it injects 
Yeah. Skeletor. <laughs> right. So yeah. what are we thinking about Hordak and that's the direction we might go? Is this going to excite you? Are you going to be interested in seeing the Horde, Hordak, Shira, different things like that? Or what do you think? Yeah, I'm really interested to see this. Like I said, I like Chris Wood as the voice of this version of Adam and He-Man. I think it works well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be very interested to see if they bring in Adora slash Shira and who they get to voice her. Uh, unlike the Transformers cartoons, Revelation is Union. Yep. Not saying they're going to get... get... They'll get uh, Supergirl watch, because, you know... Oh, don't... Oh, no, they can't. It'd be hilarious. Come on. That would be hilarious, but they better not do that. So for those that aren't in the know, Chris Wood and Melissa Benoist, who plays Supergirl, they are dating, married, whatever they are. Um... We don't need to turn this into a Luke and Leia thing, please. Kevin Smith is not well. Kevin Smith <laughs> yes, is worse than George he Lucas. That. Yes, yes, yes. I understand. My point in saying this is, if they do some sort of thing where they bring in Adora's, well, oh, shit, they can't because they're already there. Damn. I was gonna say well, you could bring in Melendi Britt as. Her mother, but uh, as if we already have Cher as as as, uh, as Marlena. Fuck. Anyway, I don't know. I I think it's cool how they left it with the cliffhanger. Uh, from what Kevin Smith in his uh, in his uh, questions, ask me anything video on YouTube that I will embed in the thing that came out. I believe it was July twenty first of this year, two days before part one went out. Um, he explained all the stuff and whatever and talked about how it's the toys and Mattel television and blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, he had said in that, that Mattel wants a season two or three by 2023. So I'm very, it doesn't take that long. Well, if they don't split it up, Netflix, if you do a 10-episode season in 2022 for season two and a 10-episode season in 2023 for season three, Bob's your uncle. There you go. But anyway, <laughs> Netflix is just I just I hope that they, they bring Skeletor back to normal. Yeah. yeah. I want to see Skeletor and Hordak and the whole, the whole nine yards. Bring it all. I, I, I don't know how I feel about him getting turned mechanized. <laughs> yeah, that'd be weird. But we've already seen Skelegod and everything else, so... Um, yeah, Mechator. I, I, I also thought there was a great line there towards the end there, where they said the universe has no master. Um, that was kind of an interesting line. Um, but going through all of your final thoughts now, anything that you haven't been able to talk about, uh, Steve, overall thoughts of part two, are you excited for part three and, and just anything else you haven't been able to say? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited for what comes next. I, I was pleasantly surprised by everything that happened in this one. And you preferred part two over part one? Yes. All right, Mike. I preferred part one's voice acting over part two, but story-wise, part two did not feel like it was dragging on because it had to tell you the whole story. That Those first five episodes, they have to build the story to you. And by the time we got to pre-Turnia and sub-Turnia, while I think it's cool what they did with those, like with those in this series making them heaven and hell, some of those scenes just took way too damn long. And whereas part two was like, hey, guess what? <laughs> arriba, 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 we're going to speedy Gonzalez right to the finish line. 
Yeah, I, I think there's a lot more uh, dialogue exposition in this part, but there's also some pretty good scale battles and things of that nature. Um, you know, I, I like that we get to see a little bit more of Skeletor, a little bit more of Adam. We don't get to see that much of He-Man, actually. We get to see Savage, He-Man, and Adam a lot. Yeah. Uh, we don't get to see He-Man really too much until almost like right at the end. Um, but I, I think there's a lot to like here. I'm still waiting for more characters that are some of my favorites to appear, so I'm going to hold hope that that happens later on. I think maybe slightly I like part one better, but I can see the argument on either side. I think overall so far, if you take it as just one whole, all ten episodes together, it makes for a pretty darn good season. Um, and I'll be interested to kind of watch it all together at some point in the future. Yeah. Uh, I am very interested to see and listen to Bear McCreary's score for part two. I heard a lot of the main theme in part two, but I didn't really hear. I couldn't pick out specific moments of different and new music. So I'll be interested once that uh, Bear McCreary volume two score hits on Spotify to see what, what the score, what the soundtrack actually is like. But yeah, I mean, I think next time I just want to do it as one episode because I, I, I just feel like that's going to be better for all of us as far as the talking points and not having to dance over things and not having to record a nine minute podcast. Not that it was nine minutes, but you know, whatever. Uh, I think you probably take that out in, in editing though. We don't need to talk about that on the episode. <laughs> well, still it is what it is. Uh, it just, is just one of those things where I don't know. Uh, final, any other final thoughts from you, Kev, anything else you didn't get to say that you want to say? I just I enjoy what Kevin Smith's doing with this and what the other people are doing with this. I think you can tell that they have uh, knowledge of the series. They even made a way to get the live action movie referenced in here. I don't know about Pig Boy and Goat Man, but uh, <laughs> overall, I'm looking forward to seeing what we do with the Horde. Absolutely. Steve, anything else before I run through the outro? Uh, nope. I completely agree with everything Kevin said um, and then love the fact that they used uh, union actors. <laughs> Yay, union. It's the Bob mentality, folks. Thank you for listening to us as we are the Masters of Grayskull. If you'd like to get in contact with us and leave feedback for the show, there are several ways to do so. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com, where you can listen to and comment on all of our content. Send us email, feedback at geekcastradio.com. Here all the ways you can listen to us nowadays. Apple and Google Podcasts, leave us reviews, please. Spotify and any other podcasting client you choose to use. Follow us on Twitter. The network is at Geekcast Radio. Show is at Power of Grayskull. I am at TFG and Mike. Steve, what are your Twitters? At SCP21 and at Steve Phillips VO. Kev, what's yours? At Optimus Solo. Become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash Geekcast Radio Network. You can also check out Powers of Grayskull series over there as well. We hope you enjoyed the Grayskull goodness today. Don't forget to join us in our next adventure when we will be bringing you a full-on spoiler-filled review of the new CGI version of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Uh, I don't know who's joining me for that. Hey, stop it. Well, I know who's joining me for that now. Made me go through all that new adventure crap. For now, I am TFG and Mike with... Steve Megatron. And Optimus Solo. By the power and for the honor of Grayskull, we have the power. Silly sorceress, you don't have enough magic left to engage a god. I may not be at full strength, but you're only playing at being a god, Skeletor. You forget what you truly are. And what is that? You're nothing but 
bones. <laughs>